0: So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle brought to you by Fullscale.io. And we're back, back for another episode of Startup Hustle. Matt DeCourcy here with Matt Watson. Hi, Matt. What's going on, man? Oh, just uh, trying to figure out how to buy and sell JPEGs and get rich. Dude, I've been
1: buying all these monkeys and I think I'm going to be a billionaire.
0: (laughs) I think those are apes, bro. No, I'm, no, I get
1: all the, well, I mean, some are merchant. You've been been
0: buying, you've been buying bored monkeys, orangutans, wrong, those are monkeys.
1: Yeah. Bored spider monkeys. That's what I'm investing in.
0: I got, I got bad news for you, Matt. Did I get scammed? Yeah, probably. Damn it. I know. But but you know, that brings up the the real question of WTF is an NFT. And that's the topic of today's episode. And before we get too far into that, today's episode of Startup Hustle is sponsored by Canva. Where you go to collaborate and create amazing graphic design for free, whether it's a presentation to share an idea, a video to launch your business, or a social post to start a conversation with Canva. You can design anything, maybe even NFTs. Discover the magic of a visual communication and how Canva helps you create a lasting impact today. Just go to Canva.com. You know, I was just using Canva last night. Actually, Matt, I was... I- uh,
1: I was going to say, you're the, the best
0: presentation. Yeah,
1: <laughs> you're the best graphic artist I know because of Canva.
0: That's true. It's been that way for years, So that's why when they wanted to, when they wanted to sponsor, your secret is also, out. Yeah, I know. I know. <laughs> Dang it. Well, that's probably good, but no, man, it really did. It changed my changed a lot of things for me. I was using it last night to create a presentation about the management platform that we built for Full Scale. So, yeah. Well, Matt, what's an NFT?
1: Well, it's a non-fungible token.
0: Fungible? Fungible. Fungible? Fungible. I think that's a that's kind of visit you get in prison.
1: <laughs> no,
0: that's conjugal. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, well, anyway, well, <laughs> now, what, what, what is an NFT? Well, I have a definition of it because I'll tell you it's okay. a non-fungible token, also known as an NFT. It's a digital asset that represents real world objects. It could be art, music, in-game items, videos, and they're bought and sold online. They're typically the transactions occur okay. using cryptocurrency.
1: Yeah. But wait a second. So we're talking about a non-fungible token. Yeah. What is a fungible
0: token? That's a good question. I can tell you. That that is a good question. Go.
1: Something like the U.S. dollar in your bank account, right? You've got lots of them. You have one to many of them, one to billions of dollars in your bank account. And none of them are unique. They're just all dollars, basically, right? But if you had paper money with a serial number on it, now those are kind of more non-fungible, right? Because everyone's a unique one, right? And so if you take this and think about, cryptocurrency and the blockchain bitcoin is a fungible token right i can have one of them i can have less than one of them i can send it to you you could send it to me none of them are unique like you know you just put them in a pile right like there's no nothing unique about them it's like you just have one to many of these things right so an nFT or a non-fungible token, and this is and this is really gets into the definition of something being fungible, right that's that's really the definition here of what we're talking about at the moment is non-fungible keywords non-fungible is that it's a unique token, basically I mean, you could think about it like a QR code or a serial number, or it's just a unique thing, and on the blockchain, it's literally like a really, really large number, like a giant number, like two followed by like thousands of zeros basically of a unique identifier that's a unique thing and like you said it could be a anything it could be a piece of land it could be a picture of a monkey it could be whatever
0: it could be a music art I mean there's a whole list I've got a whole list here it's everything from digital artwork music videos animation images meaning like actual like photos clip art Twitter posts um virtual shoes. There you go. Mm-hmm. Uh, tacos. Uh, this is kind of crazy. Farts is on this list. Wait a second. I mean, if that, if we can, yeah, if I can sell farts, dude, I don't need to do this show anymore. And I don't need to go to work. Yeah. Also, wow. you have sports highlights, collectibles, yes. virtual avatars, video game skins, um, I mean, and then you, and then, you know, when you get under the, the, underneath all of those, there's a zillion different things. And I was joking at the beginning, cause we've been joking a lot as we prepared for this. So, you know, this is the first episode of a 10 part series about NFTs and I dove in, I dove right in. Right. So I went, I bought, I bought NFTs. I sold NFTs. I created an NFT. I did a whole lot of that. And um, there's something to this, and then there's also quite honestly, there's something weird about it at the same time. And we'll get into some of that because some of this stuff really makes sense for a lot of people. now, when we say a lot of people, I have a stat here that said um, that it was sixty six percent of the u s population said they did not know what an nft is, and twenty three percent of people who okay, so so 66% of America says they don't know what an NFT is, and then I think 30% of America is lying and says they know what an NFT is, and then 4% actually know. Does that sound about I, right?
1: I don't think anybody really knows.
0: I think somebody does. So anyway, so I, of the now, you know, this sounded a little low to me, but according to these same stats, and this came, this one came from Statista. of people who collect NFTs in the U.S. are millennials. I thought that'd be a lot higher. That sounds about right. That it's 23% or that it should be higher? Oh, wait. (sighs) Hmm. I mean, I would think millennials would be the ones that would be on this. Yeah, you're right. I think the number would be higher. Yeah, like way higher. So anyway, and then nearly $41 billion worth of crypto was spent and exchanges uh, or NFT marketplaces in 2021.
1: So let's talk about the fundamentals of this a little more for a second. So NFTs are used on the blockchain. And so um, I recorded an episode the other day about what is crypto, and and you guys could listen to that. We talk more about uh, cryptocurrency and Bitcoin and the blockchain and stuff like that. That's another great episode. But basically, NFTs build on top of blockchain technology. Um, not Bitcoin though. So, you know, Bitcoin is a different type of blockchain that is basically only a fungible token. It's just like currency basically, right? It's like digital gold or whatever you want to think about it. Um, but then there's a whole nother world of blockchains, uh, Ethereum being the the biggest and most well-known one that all these NFTs are built on top of. And then there's other blockchains that do NF, like basically all the blockchains do NFTs now. That um that do smart contracts and code and all this stuff, um, outside of Bitcoin and the like currency based ones, um. But so they're they're building on top of the blockchain now. What's interesting about that is the blockchain is decentralized and potentially nobody controls it, and it all runs magically in the internet somewhere, right? So I can I can basically upload a picture of something and mint it is what it's called when you when you create an NFT. And then it forever lives on the blockchain. Like forever. Like you can't make it go away. It's just there. And then somebody owns it and you can transfer ownership of this thing from one person to another. But you can't seize it. You can't sanction it. You can't take it away. The government can't take it away. It forever lives on the blockchain. And that's one of the great you can't, things. About- you
0: can't you can't erase it or forge no. it either, no. which is the key thing. So I'll, I'll, I'll be definitions guy here for a minute. So blockchain's the system of recording information in a way that makes it difficult or impossible to change, hack, or cheat the system. So, you know, when you hear, when we hear like non-fungible tokens and where they use, like you can start by beginning, if you want, we want to start at the, you know, like WTF as an NFT, it's digital authenticity, it's, it's a, you know, you have that certificate of authenticity that says that Matt Watson signed your baseball. Well, here's the thing. If that's just a piece of paper and with a stamp on it, we could make those all day. Yes, I've been selling fake Matt Watson autographs for years. Yeah. With certificates of authenticity. I mean, that's part of how I paid for my home. Just yes. kidding on that. Those They're are not worth baby. anything. Otherwise I would have, I would have been doing that. But, but with that, the whole idea of the digital ledger. So well, I thought you, you meant Matt about- Watson, the baseball player. It, there, I don't think there is one. There is, if anything, it would need to be Matt Watson, the gamer. Yeah, the YouTube. If you star. Google Matt Watson, that's yes. who you come up with. The, yeah, the streamer, the streamer. Anyways, sorry. He's probably getting paid in NFTs. But so, you, when you talk about a digital ledger and why this stuff matters and this distributed network, what Matt's talking about when he talks about these big serial numbers and everything is they're recorded in so many places that it becomes immutable, meaning like you can't you can't erase it and you can't change it or you could, it would just be very, 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 very difficult. Now uh, the reason that that's important is because in the specific case of like trading something unique. All right. So Matt and the listeners can't see this, but behind me on the wall, you see, these are original paintings that are in my office. Okay. They're one of a kind. And the only reason I can prove that they're one of a kind is because they're painted by hand. Mm Right. Right. So yep. but there's not so the thing is though is if someone wanted to make a whole bunch of prints of that or do something else the the trail of authenticity begins to to leave very quickly. I'll give you another example and this is not as much of a like a non-fungible token. So I own a a baseball jersey that Eric Hosmer was wearing when he got the hit that put the Kansas City Royals into the World Series which they later won. With that I've got like a Uh, Like a 3D thing, and like a, you know, it's got like a a code and all this stuff where I have to go, I can authenticate that at Major League Baseball. Okay. Now, and this, and now that was back in 2015. Now that jersey might actually come as with an NFT attached to it, which would maybe have a picture of it, show it, all of that and be able to show, and then it's also going to show the transaction history and stuff like that. So the basic tenets of blockchain. So then Matt was also talking about a smart contract. So a smart contract is a program that's also stored on the blockchain that runs when predetermined conditions are met. Okay, so that could be any number of things. And this is what developers in the world of technology is really excited about because contracts, all right, so Matt, if I buy if I buy that my house, there's paperwork stored somewhere, and there's a title stored somewhere else, and there's another one stored somewhere else. And if those are all gone, life becomes kind of a pain in the butt, right? Mm-hmm. So the digital the digital transaction history of certain things, including transfer of title, deed, ownership, and all that stuff being stored in the blockchain is a better way to do it. So they typically automate uh, execution of these agreements uh, in a way that participants can uh, immediately arrive at an outcome that they want without intermediaries or time loss involved. Like, Matt, if you and I wanted to do a smart contract right now, we wanted to sign it, uh, well, it may put the notary public out of business. Well, right? and,
1: the, mm-hmm. and the, the key to the blockchain and NFTs, like you take your example of your Hosmer jersey, is the NFTs are really all about a digital asset. Right. And instead of a physical real world asset, it's really the, most of the time. Yeah. The, most the, of yeah, the time. Yeah. It's, it's really more about the digital uh, assets. And a great example of this is NBA Top Shots. And NBA Top Shots, if you've never heard of it, you can go to the website and check it out. And basically, it is short video clips of the highlights of different NBA basketball games. And so just think if you could have bought a video clip of Hosmer stealing home base right? And you could say, look, I own the video clip of Hosmer stealing home base. Now, that sounds really weird. Like, why would you want to own that? But you can. And that's what NBA Top Shots is. But that could be like NBA Top Shots of like, okay, LeBron James shot the three point shot to win, you know, the championship game or whatever. And like, I want to own that video clip. And you could say, I'm the owner of the video clip, which still seems weird. But you can own the video clip. And you... Could, you would have the digital rights basically on the blockchain proving that you're the one who bought it and you're the one who owns it and nobody can contest can it. And, that, and that's the value of NFTs in the blockchain.
0: So I'll give, I'll give you another example, and this is as old school as it gets. So um, somewhere in the last 10 years, a painting was discovered that was believed to be a lost work of art from Leo, uh, Leonardo da Vinci. Do you know about this? I don't think so. It was purchased, it was in very, there was, so Leonardo da Vinci only painted uh, about a dozen and a half paintings somewhere in that ballpark, right? Because he had entrepreneurial ADD. He got good Mm -hmm. at something and then he went to go do something else. So once he got good at painting, he then went on to do something else. But there was a couple of these that were unaccounted for. So a a painting surfaced um, somewhere in an auction house in New Orleans, of all places, and someone bought it for like two, like two grand. And then it went through a restoration process, at which point they believed it was a Da Vinci painting. And then it got all controversial because it got sold for like $80 million after that. And then someone else paid like, like $400 million for it. Mm-hmm. Now, here's the thing is this whole, that whole chain of art, there's no, there's no, uh, um, uh, what do they call it? The, it's, it's the, they can't track the history of it. There's no pedigree with it. And they have a different word for that, but provenance or something like that, you know? So the thing is, is this painting is like highly controversial. And a lot of people just think it's not really what it is because they can't really track the history of it. Yeah. Now this happens a lot with art. So like it's, it's largely believed that a lot of the art that you'll see at big museums and stuff like that might be fake. I'm working on a,
1: I'm working on a Da Vinci painting myself. In my basement, um, I didn't is it know that, but uh, it's actually a Da Vinci painting. My kids are finishing it. Don't tell anybody, <laughs> but we're gonna find it as a Da Vinci painting, and we're gonna is sell it Michael
0: it. Da Vinci or Leonardo? Yes.
1: Yeah, Michael, or is uh, just one, okay. somebody? Yeah,
0: so yeah, but so here's the thing. So now you look at this. Now, now one of the things that really made NFT mania kind of hit the mainstream. So there's a, a well-known artist named Beeple. And he sold, so he sold a, a work of art. So this guy's, so Beeple's made like thousands of paintings. And then he used little tiny versions of all of them and arranged them in a way that made a, di- a, a digital portrait of something. He got 69 million bucks for that at Christie's.
1: That's just crazy.
0: Now, here's the thing though. That'll never be in dispute. Nope. Because it's on the blockchain. So when they, when that, that became a tokenized asset as long, I mean, so, you know, wherever, whenever, however, down the road, there's no, there's no, there's no uncertainty because the transaction record was saved.
1: And whoever the owner is can prove that they're the owner because of their, their, their private key on the blockchain, right? Like your private key, which, which people refer to as their wallet, but it's, it's not really a wallet. It's really yeah. your private key, It's your keys. Um, as long as you have the key, your keys to the blockchain, you can prove that you're the owner of whatever the thing is.
0: So it's, it's now some of this stuff is rapidly evolving. So, you know, the first the first digital artist uh, the a guy named Kevin McCoy uh, minted the first known NFT, which was called Quantum. And that was back in 2014. So this isn't this isn't totally new, but it's new ish. Um, So, you know, and so basically, once again, NFTs give ownership, bragging rights of that digital item. Um, But in in many cases, the creator can still retain the copyright and the reproduction rights. So um, that was so you we were talking about apes, monkeys, orangutans and stuff like that. So a lot of times these things have also become a status symbol. So the the board ape yacht club which B-A-Y-C, which is what we were joking about because- Probably the most famous these one at this point. <laughs> well, oh yeah, without a doubt. It's the it one with Crypto the most Punks. hype right now. It and CryptoPunks Crypto Punks are,
1: are the most well-known. And then there's there's some other ones too, but th- those are the two big ones.
0: Well, so the, the recently the Bored Ape Yacht Club, uh, that company, I think it's called Yuga, Yuga mm-hmm. Labs or something like that. They acquired CryptoPunks. And then they actually gave their users the rights to the actual image, which was a big thing. Because that's the thing the is like, so rights. some of these things are selling, these are selling like Eminem bought one of the board apes that actually resembles him mm-hmm. for like 1.4 million. Now, with that, they also just recently announced Apecoin, mm-hmm. which they've split out. They created an actual cryptocurrency. Now, at the time of this recording, it's honestly still a little hazy about what apecoin <laughs> is actually good for. Well, aren't they talking
1: now, about creating like a, a Metaverse project or something too and
0: yeah yeah, and there's a, they lot, want to create a like lot of, a of whole brand, right it's Like A lot of, the of this brand. all leads into it. Now I you know with with board Ape, I as a purveyor of hype, meaning like I you know I've been known to to buy expensive shoes or something like that, I understand the digital exclusivity. Uh, but one of the things I've really realized about NFTs is that until something tangible or something is attached to it, they, the value of them is a little questionable unless they're like, it's like Beeple's thing, you know, like, so well, they, I mean, you've the, seen.
1: A, the, the question of all art is tangible, right? Like my, my kids bring home art and just like yours from, they bring home art from school every week. Is it worth something or is it not worth something? Why is the Mona Lisa worth something? Why is Van Gogh paintings worth something? Like they're only worth something because people believe they're worth something because there's a marketplace for them, right? And digital
0: art is the same way. You can say that about anything though. Yeah. You can say that about anything. Like a banana is only worth what someone's willing to pay for it. Yeah. And so like, I don't understand why people
1: would pay millions of dollars for NFTs of bored apes and all this stuff but there are people that do and so because there I is did, there's I, a marketplace I got for it. it
0: I got it on some level but then I really got it when they issued a coin that went with it because if you were a holder of a bored ape you got a shitload of ape coin which by the way I bought so I mentioned I dove right into this so I bought $10,000 worth of ape coin the other night Ooh. actually right before right before I came over to your house Um, I, the other night and, uh, I, and I mentioned when I was there, so I bought it and I sold it the same day. And I, I have a net profit of about a thousand dollars. All right. Good for you, which I will be reporting and paying tax on better stop while you're ahead. Yeah. So speaking of things that you need to do on time, as a reminder, today's episode of Startup Hustle is brought to you by Canva. With Canva, you can design your ideas with ease, get inspired with over half a million free templates and a rich content library that helps you and your team achieve your goals. You can sign up and start designing for free at Canva.com. You know, Matt, if you wanted, you could you could go to Canva.com and you could create a design, an all-original design, the way that you wanted it. It could even be split-aligned. Yeah, because well, you could do whatever you want. You could put it mm-hmm. in there and then you could go to a place like OpenSea. Mm-hmm. So OpenSea.com is easily the most popular exchange for buyers and sellers of NFTs. And there are other ones that are out there too. So, you know, no, it's not the only one, but that's the, the real the real big one. And you could upload that and turn it into an NFT in minutes. Now that doesn't mean it's valuable. So that's one way that people are doing it. But, you know, so I, so I spent, I mentioned that I spent a lot of time exploring this because, you know, for those of you that might not be aware, I worked in the music industry for about 10 years and I really am just a big advocate of anything that helps creators and artists and musicians make money. So I've seen a few things along the way. Um, a, a, about a year ago, my buddy Jake Senninger from Humphreys McGee, who's a, a world class guitarist, actually did a live performance like online and then sold. He improvised a whole like 25 minute song and then they sold the NFT afterward. I thought that was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. You're seeing a lot of stuff like that. The day after the Super Bowl, Snoop Dogg sold $44 million worth of NFTs.
1: It's crazy, man.
0: And, you know, so you see a lot of this going on. Now, if you want to come over to Instagram and uh, it's at DeCourcy Matt and I've been posting images. So here's the thing. I can't connect my actual NFTs to Instagram. So I actually just end up taking a screenshot on my phone and cropping it and then putting it on Instagram, which is kind of the same effect of actually owning the image. Didn't I see, did, did you may or may not have had a bored ape on your Twitter profile? At one oh point. yeah.
1: My Twitter profile is a, is a bored ape. But yeah. you didn't buy a bored ape. No,
0: but I can still
1: use the image. And and that's something we need to bring up. Like the whole right. thing with NFT art, there is no copyright, like yeah. in, enforcement of any form with <clears throat> NFTs. Yeah. Just because you're an artist and you make bored apes or whatever, people can still copy them. Like it does not give you any copyright yeah. protection whatsoever. True. All it really does is give you a digital trail to say, like, I was the original creator, and here's all the people that have owned it and the trail of it.
0: And that's definitely something that's flawed. Now, on the flip side of that, so if you go to at Matt at Twitter, I did. So, Twitter, this is where some of this is. So, let's talk a little bit about where this is going and where people use some of this. I actually, so Twitter Blue is a, uh, is like the beta program for Twitter. It's like two bucks a month. And with that, I actually can attach an NFT and make that my profile. And you're so a grandpa you can ape. S- I am a grandpa ape today, yep. um, and which is, okay. So let's talk about that. So here's one thing that's kind of interesting. I'll tell you what, Matt, that sure does look a lot like a board ape. It sure does. Doesn't it looks it? like an ape. So I po- I've posted these. I've had a few of them. I own a couple grandpa apes and I own a... a an OG Grandpa Ape, which was the original Grandpa Ape. Now, look, these things are still overpriced, but that was certainly not a million dollars. It was like a hundred. Well,
1: I'm saving it on my computer right now for free. Hold on.
0: Right. Okay. So now <laughs> it's kind of interesting, though, because as I posted a couple of these on Facebook and Twitter, and I was just goofing around, um, I do like the one on my Twitter profile right now. He's wearing yeah, the Evil cool. Knievel jacket. He's, yeah, he's, he's cool. I'm not He's smoking something that's either a blunt or a cigar, and he's wearing 3D glasses. So he's looking good. He's he cool. might be feeling good. He's, he's feeling very good. cool. Now, now, that said, I've posted these just kind of goofing around on social, and I've had multiple people ask me, they're like, did you buy a, a Bored Ape? No. This is literally a ripoff of a Bored Ape. He looks pretty damn so cool to me. So you look at some of that too, and it's like, okay, so, so, well, there, and so they say bottom that. Bottom line, there's a lot. There's a lot of ape stuff in out and there. Yeah. So you can get a monkey and a orangutan. They have all of them, man. And and, and they so, say
1: that in a lot of ways, NFTs they're digital assets. And to me, I. I best think of them as like their digital baseball cards almost, right? It's like you're yep. playing baseball cards almost. They're collectibles, right? And there are a lot of people out there that love to collect shit. Like I don't know why my mom likes to collect Beanie Babies or McDonald's toys and all this other shit. But now you got a generation of people that love to collect grandpa apes, digital versions, right? Like, but they're they're really pretty cool. I think the grandpa the grandpa apes are pretty cool, but I just not myself, I'm not a collector of things, so I kind of struggle with the with this part of
0: it. So, and so allow me to explain how some of this works because you mentioned minting. So that minting is is a process that occurs. So like, so all right, let's say Matt DeCorsi, the artist. And what I'll do is I'll create, they, I mean, you can create things a number of different ways, right? So it could be a drawing. It could be a digital thing. There's a lot of NFT generators out there. And so a lot of this stuff is layered images and they start with a base character and then they just have all these random uh characteristics that kind of get thrown around and they have different uh they have different level of of uh they have a different level Uniqueness. of uh, uh yeah like rarity, rarity and that's what yeah. will drive that that's what will drive the the value of it in many cases and you know and so you know you run into all these different things so you know it's like some of them are are Determined by the rarity or whatever, but typically what's going on with this is an an organization, artist, whoever says, okay, I'm going to mint 5,000 NFTs. And then they want you to do This actually reminds me a lot of like buying and the buying and selling of event tickets, which Mm -hmm. was an industry Matt and I both worked in many years ago. And so you, you typically are going over these places, want you to go over to discord and join a community where your wallet ID will get whitelisted, and at a given time you'll be able to go in and usually mint or create one or two, you know, NFTs. Now, at the time, these things are kind of like buying a blind bag, like a you, you did know, blind box or something. I did. Oh, totally. With the rubber ducks, right? You did this with the yeah, rubber yeah. ducks. The rubber duck bath party. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So, so you go in and you mint one, and you you know which will be like 0.04 Ethereum, however much that's worth that day. And then when they get to certain when they get to know, certain levels or numbers of things minted, they will then reveal what you've mm-hmm. got. So in my case, I did. I minted a rubber duck. It was pretty which, lame. I, I mean, it's not great. <laughs> It's not as cool as the grandpa ape. The grandpa ape was way cooler. The the grandpa apes are cool. Now with the duck though, the best part about that was I got to send pictures of it to people and say, here's my duck pic. (laughs) Oh my God. That's been the most valuable part of it. So my, (laughs) so my duck. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's the only kind of duck pic you're allowed to send and not be a creep. It's safe for work. It's Okay. It is safe for work. So yeah. my duck, which is a baseline of a rubber ducky, uh, he's got a Band-Aid on his bill. He's wearing a chain, like a true chain <laughs> chain. He has a tattoo of an anchor on him, and he uh, has a scar near his eye. Oh, and he's oh. also wearing rabbit ears. Now, so is he, super, that, rare? he he's <laughs> super rare? He, he's the four hundred. He's the four hundred and sixty third rarest okay. duck out of 10,000. Now here's the thing with this. So you're like, what the fuck is this? Exactly what I'm thinking. And you can only imagine what my wife said when I showed her my duck pick. Um, <laughs> hey, I sent you a duck pick yeah. too. Yeah. I wasn't even drunk when I did it.
1: So. Stars and all wearing the bunny ears. Yeah. yeah that's
0: Well, no. okay. so, well, so here's the thing, because I'm a man of the people. I also gave a duck to our COO, Daryl Blackburn. Oh, because um, Daryl and I have worked together for a dozen years, and we're inherently competitive. So I gave it to him before they hatched. So that that turned into days worth of comments. Of I, I'm positive my duck is going to be better and bigger than your duck. You know what? People love these blind box kind of things. Like my kids right. love them too. And and so I kind of like that too. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like that too. So so with that. The, the interesting part with the ducks is, so the ducks actually have an interactive thing. They actually have a website and they do a bath party. Oh my so God. you can go put your duck in the bath and then it comes out a different duck. Now I'm sitting at number 463, man. So I got everything to lose. So I didn't bathe my duck, but Daryl did. Mm-hmm. And he moved up about a thousand points in rarity. That's about as as, as fun and interesting as you're going to get with ducks. So let me see what I've bought. I've bought, I meant to the grandpa ape, which, so I bought that blind. I bought the one that you see on my profile now, just cause, um, I, uh, I bought an angry pit bull, mm-hmm. which that apparently gets me into, I, if I was in LA, I could have gone to the angry pit bull club party, which actually looked pretty cool, but I don't live in LA. Um, I bought a cartoon. Um, I bought what was called a rude kid and that like all these things hatched oh uh, now here's the here's the here's the problem Matt. i am definitely not ahead when it comes to the value on these things yeah i mean this experiment which i may have to invoice startup hustle to cover my losses on um i mean has it's a not,
1: shoot right like some of you buy because they're I, super cool like seriously the grandpa ape on your twitter is super cool like he's cool
0: he's like, cool yeah he's cool
1: right um yeah. Now, I could just steal the image and change my Twitter to look the same as yours, and I didn't pay it right. 100 bucks or whatever it costs to buy it. Well, you, you've seen my angry
0: pit Ball as well, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah, he, that, those are pretty cool, too. It's th- pretty th- cool. Th- but otherwise, it's a lot of speculation on whether or not these things will be worth money yeah. someday. Yep. But there's a lot of people well, that are making money doing this. They somehow, like get into these projects and they buy random ones and, you know, they buy a hundred of them and like 10 of them end up being worth a bunch of money later or something
0: like this is crazy. It's usually not a quick flip though. No, I mean, that's the thing. So like, let's talk about board ape. So board ape had 10, they minted 10,000 images of those, those, you could buy those for just a couple, a couple hundred, several hundred dollars for a, a while. Yeah. Right. And then, so then what they do here is, so this is where this has to have some, when there's some downstream benefit that occurs to owning this token. So after that, they then created the mutant ape club. So if you were a, a board ape holder, you got a mutant ape or you got something like a, like a chemistry thing. And when you combined them with your other ape, you, they were then, a mutant ape was born or something. Now they've had the Bored Ape Kennel Club, a couple other things. Now, when Bored Ape it, it released ApeCoin, all these people got free tokens. And and like, honestly, a fair amount, like a, a Bored Ape Yacht Club holder, which some of those could be purchased as little, <laughs> this is so crazy, as little as about a quarter million dollars. Yeah, for for a picture of an ape. It's honestly that's honestly not nice. as cool as the one that I have on my Twitter profile that's not actually a real one. Uh, but if you got that, those people got like a hundred thousand dollars worth of of Ape coin and were able to turn around and sell that on exchanges like Coinbase right away. So
1: Yeah, and there were some other weird advantages, like you could go to parties and like some other weird things if you own board apes. And and I think that's some of what Snoop Dogg was doing, right? Like I don't know what the hell you got, but it was like $5,000 or something, but it also got you like a ticket to a show or a backstage pass or like some things like that. And that makes more sense, right? Because when you're buying these (laughs) NFTs, they have other tangible things to them. There's not just buying only the art itself.
0: Yeah. And that's what I want to pivot to, because this is where I, this is where I think this really has legs. So I think that shit like the buying and selling. All right. So the duck, Right Now, the hope is with the duck is that the duck has babies and that somewhere this summer in my digital wallet, I wake up one day and I've got a couple other ducks. So kind of like what Bored Ape did, they turned 10,000 into 20,000. So here's the thing, the creator wants to sell more because the hype is going. But they they can't water down the people that originally supported it, so they give them a free one right, and then they multiply so, so now they so, can give everyone ten thousand and then they'll sell ten thousand more
1: so that sounds uh with the ducks there sounds a lot like what one of the original big n f t projects was that's still out there and that's still big is crypto kitties so crypto mm-hmm. kitties was one of the first ones, yeah. and I remember this a few years ago, and I thought then I'm like, what in the hell? But basically, you get kitties and then you breed them together, and they grow and they get bigger, and you have different versions of kitties and whatever. But they're sort of all just collectibles. But people want rare kitties, right? And so that that's another use that people do is is like this. It's sort of like a game of of, of breeding kitties, right? And then you have you have other games that are real similar, but they're actually more game games. Like Axie Infinity is the big one where you Mm -hmm. buy axes and um, you can use them to fight or whatever. And then you find things in the game and then you can take those things you find in the game and you can sell them and you actually make money playing the game and your axes get better and level up and then you can sell them and make money and you can create new ones just like the crypto kitties, right? Like you're like breeding new cats and you can sell them. (laughs) And there's like this whole like other like marketplace of like this, like it's, it's like a weird
0: thing. So, there's got to be something that goes downstream with that. And that's a really important part of this. So, then there are a lot of things. So, let's talk about Gary V for a second. So, Gary V has been a real Gary Vaynerchuk, if you're not familiar, known as Gary V. So, Gary's super famous, um, a lot of it for being an entrepreneur and giving advice. But he's so, this is where I think a lot of this really does have legs. So, Gary's had all right. So, he does VCon, that's like his convention for marketing and entrepreneurship stuff, you have to own a VCon uh, NFT to get in. Um, he's also attaching tangible things. So like you could buy an NFT off of his site or somewhere that it was like 50 grand and he'll be on your podcast once a year for two years. Or, you know, so there's yeah. like, so some of that is like, for example, I'll just use, it, use this as an example. If Startup Hustle, so, all right, so our, our listeners and our audience have been on the rise right? So we could, if we wanted to issue 20 hustle coins, that each one was good for sponsoring an episode, much like Canva did today, right? And maybe you buy those for $1,500 each. And, you know, Matt, since we're all about getting headed to the moon, you know, right now we get about 150,000 downloads a month, but maybe you buy that. And you know what? I'm going to sit on it because I like these guys and I like startup hustle. And I think they're going to be a half a million or a million listens a month in a year. And maybe that maybe that tangible value of sponsoring an episode is the fifteen hundred dollars looks like peanuts when the show's that big later down the road. So you see a lot of things like I've seen other people like actually one of the founders of OpenSea. You can buy an NFT from him that's uh, 30 minutes of advice about your crypto startup. Yeah. yep. so I, I dig stuff like that. I think that's pretty cool. and like so, so you look at some, you look at some of the things, like how do you fund or create something? So what I just described with like the theoretical hustle coin, like maybe you know maybe you buy those and you say, "Hey, you know, what's this going to be worth in a couple years if this show gets really big?" Because the difference, because I'll tell you what, $1,500 an episode would be a value for something that's getting a million lessons a month. Oh, yeah. So there's there's a few other things to think about with NFTs. So one of the cool
1: things about them is they're all in code, right? We talked about that a little bit earlier. They're smart contracts on the blockchain. Now, what's really awesome is let's say you are the the people who did the duck party or whatever, and, and you allow people to mend all the the Rubber duck bath party.
0: The rubber yeah, duck, rubber bath, duck party. bath party. Now,
1: you can actually write code into the smart contracts that say, okay, if those images are sold later on OpenSea, I get a 5% commission or whatever later. <laughs> yep. And that is some of the cool stuff about NFTs is those kind of long-lasting effects of, of the code and how the code operates. Now, let's, think, let's take that same example and move it to a whole different industry. So let's say I am the Kansas City Chiefs and I sell my tickets for three hundred dollars. Well, if those were NFTs on the blockchain, now if you take those same tickets and you sold them on StubHub for thousand dollars, they could write it into the code that they get a cut of the secondary market when those tickets are sold again later. Which would be super cool for the Chiefs, right? They'd be like, okay, cool. If the game blows up and they, you know, the tickets go for a crazy amount later, I get another like second, second, you know, piece of the apple. So there, there's some really cool things that that other use cases for NFTs because of the code you can write into these contracts.
0: Yeah, and that's, I mean, th- no doubt on that. And that's, you know, th- that's where, so where, you know, we mentioned earlier that a lot of the stuff is circulating through different exchanges. Some of the more popular ones are OpenSea, Rarible. There's one called Foundation. Those are some of the, the bigger ones that we that we talked about. Now, you know, I got to tell you, it's not difficult to make a one-off NFT Uh, doing the layered ones. And, you know, I've been playing around with some of that. Stay tuned. We'll see if anything occurs with that. But, you know, with this, you know, I I really did Matt and I have embraced this whole process, which, which there was a a learning curve that came with Mm -hmm. this for sure. Like I hadn't really been like a digital wallet guy you know, I mean, I've ha- had and owned crypto, but it's always lived in the exchanges. I haven't had it in a while. I have had to learn a little bit about that. Now, one of the things that, so we're talking about the NFT thing. Now there's, there's a, a weak side to this that I see exposed a lot. So in order to just understand the process, I sent you, I transferred you a JPEG. Mm-hmm. That cost me 40 bucks. On the These Ethereum the NFT- blockchain. These are known as gas fees. Yeah. Ethereum and, is very expensive to use. And it is, uh, it was not cheap. And, you know, so that that's, that's an issue there. So in some of these cases, so my grandpa ape, the one on my Twitter profile, once again, if you want to see that, it's at at DeCourcy Matt on Twitter. Um, so that cost me as much to, that cost me as much to buy as it did to transfer.
1: Well, that's why a lot of people are also doing NFTs on other blockchains like Polygon yeah. or Solana. And- yep. Avalanche, all, Phantom, all these other ones. Too.
0: Tezos has been a popular one. Like that's one that's really come up. Now, the, the reason for that is exactly what we just mentioned. It's cheaper and it's also, there's an environmental component. That's the issue people have with Bitcoin is that Bitcoin is just really wa- it's just wasteful when it comes to yep. the amount of computing power and electricity and everything that it, that it takes to create. So you're seeing a lot of these things pop up like Tezos, for example, just sponsored Manchester United. You know, and you're going to start seeing mm-hmm. this stuff everywhere is the point. And, uh, I mean, this is, uh, you know, it, we're talking about, it. so our our friend and past guest, Travis Wright, who's the host of the Bad Crypto podcast and has and been a Nifty leader podcast. in this. Yeah, and uh, is he, does he have a new one?
1: Oh, yeah, there's also the Nifty podcast, which is only by uh. NFTs.
0: Yeah. Well, so as I reached back out to Travis, who's from Kansas City, our hometown, and, and a hell of a guy and a hell of a Royals fan. Uh, I love the fact that every time I see Travis pictured all around the world, he's always wearing a Royals hat. Heck yeah. Um, he's like the only one outside of Kansas City. So, <laughs> Him and Paul <laughs> So Rudd. thank you. Yeah, 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 true, true. Uh but, you know, as I went back to invite him, I had a message from him a year and a half ago that was like, hey, bro, you need to start buying NFTs. There's a there's a big blue sea of profitability out there in the future. Now, he was right. Um, I know. And I didn't listen. I could not I, I could have retired off of JPEGs, man. And, you know, speaking of retiring, um, you know, I'd like all of you to go to Canva.com. so they want to continue sponsoring. Startup hustle. So I once again want to give a big thank you to today's sponsor. That's Canva. Go to Canva.com. With Canva, you can work together from wherever. You can get on the same page as your team with seamless real-time collaboration. Uh, So the real question is what what are you going to design today? And you're going to explore and start designing for free at Canva.com. Some of the things that I've used Canva for just in the last month, Matt, I've made social media posts. I created so I created the sponsorship proposal presentation for Canva, using Canva. That sounds appropriate. I that was I thought that was a, a nifty touch. I've yeah. uh, created, used it for a ton of social. So Matt was joking. We actually had at one point some different designers and stuff like that, and I was outclassing them with Canva. And that's you why I really was joking. Yeah, but great social media posts. If you can drag and drop and upload anything, you can create it. So it's a pretty cool platform. Have you used it?
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, I've used it before.
0: Yeah. Just makes a lot of stuff simple. And I appreciate that because I think one of the things I have a hard time with as an entrepreneur sometimes is visualizing what's going on in my head, like creating something that someone else can look at. So I've even used it to just make simple wireframes and stuff like mm-hmm. that because it's yeah, fast, quick, and easy. and I've used it to crop you out of several images. (laughs) So another, another part of NFTs. You're going to move on from that? You're going to move on from that at that point? Yeah, I'm
1: going to crop you out. So another part of NFTs we haven't really talked about that is probably one of the best use cases for them is the metaverse. Yeah. And as we all know, Facebook has changed their name to meta and they have their own metaverse. And then on the blockchain, You have other metaverses like Sandbox and Decentraland. And then there's also lots of other things that are sort of metaverse related that aren't really on the blockchain, like Roblox or Fortnite or like other things maybe you could consider kind of all related. But basically, when you really think about the metaverse, you also think about this idea of maybe owning digital land or um, digital things. Like you mentioned earlier, like people own shoes or there's people that own like purses, and so, you, you, like, there's some lady that got sued because she was making, like, digital Birkin bags that were for sale on Decentraland or something. And then Birkin or whoever the hell it is that makes those things that owns that company went after her because she was making digital Birkins. Um, but there's, like, this whole world of, like, a, like, you know, virtual reality world. And you can buy land in it and buy places or build stores or do whatever you want to do. And you can buy digital assets in those. And all those assets and all that land are basically NFTs. Under the covers, like the technology that's powering that, that says, I own this land, is actually an NFT that says that I own the rights to it. Have you ever messed with any
0: of that stuff? Well, I did. And, you know, so uh, Matt sent me a note just now that said, it seems like our WTF NFT episode turned into NFT art. We're actually going to do... And the reason that we've focused on that more so than not is that's what's really booming right now. That's what people talk about. In in our series, we're going to get into NFT music, NFT art, like even the dark side of NFTs. Like we're going to go all the way down the list. Now, the reason that, so I think we did actually effectively cover like what is an NFT and though we turn yeah. into some of this, this is kind of a, a predecessor to our next episode, which is specifically NFT art. Now you asked about the metaverse thing. So that was actually on my notes here. It, it would go ahead and start to wrap this episode up, but I actually bought an NFT. It was something called the BAPES clan. <laughs> And they were trying to sell 10,000 of these because they wanted all all the money to pool in together to basically invest and buy into metaverse-based businesses. Okay, so with that, they didn't even make their 10,000 mint. They stalled out at like 2,300. They had an issue with minting it. It just really kind of like got suspect for a lot of people. Now with that, one of the things that was supposedly going to occur was at one point, Matt, I apparently may have owned an apartment in the metaverse. Ah, this is going to be a bachelor pad. (laughs) Something. But now with that, when I saw that that didn't catch steam, that's actually one of the ones I sold off because, you know, some of these things are going to come out and they're going to, I don't know, like, I mean, a lot of the people I've talked to quite honestly, think a lot of this stuff's just going to end up being worth nothing.
1: Yeah. And I think that's probably the case. Like most things, right? Like 90% of it won't be worth anything. And like the whole meta- metaverse side of this is interesting because now you've got like these big brands like banks and stores and all that stuff buying property in the metaverse because they want you to be able to go to Decentraland. And then when you were near there, you can go to like a virtual bank of America or something and get customer service or whatever, like a boutique experience in 3d virtual reality, I guess in the virtual world, like, I get you, which I kind of understand, but it's also just sort of weird. Like, my my son has a, um, a Quest uh, VR headset, and it's pretty damn cool. I'm going to tell you, for like $300, yeah. it's cool. And most people don't realize Facebook, now Meta, sold more of those last year than Microsoft sold Xboxes. Oh, wow. Which is crazy. But they're yeah. super cool, and the 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 virtual reality stuff has come way down in price now so it used to be you had to have like a really fast computer and a really good video card and had to have a wired headset that like wirely you know was wired to it and all that kind of crap now for like 300 you get a headset that's that's fully wireless and you could do some like wander around your house and do weird shit and play games online and stuff and it's pretty cool and i have to say that wearing the virtual reality headset definitely feels totally different it feels pretty realistic like i could sort of see like Some use cases were like, oh, I'm at Louis Vuitton, I guess. And I'm like trying to figure out if I want to buy this purse or whatever it is. And it feels way more realistic than like watching a video on YouTube. Like I can see some of the use cases for some of it. But I also don't understand why you have these people that will spend like millions of dollars for property in the metaverse. Like I don't really understand that. Like they think the land's going to be worth a lot of money. But that's like a whole other thing. Like, you know, like you're like people are buying grandpa apes and ducks. There's people buying land. And they think the land is going to be worth something. So it's, and they're all get, I get
0: get that on some level, because it's not about what you see. It's about who sees you when it comes to a lot of real estate. Meaning like, you know, you look at like, you know, you've been to Times Square in New York. And, you know, there's just so much traffic through there. That's why there's signs and everything everywhere. Like go to Tokyo. I mean, man, like you want to talk about not giving your kids screen time. I mean, you'd have to put a blindfold on them in Japan. You know, and so anyway, Matt, I think, you know, I think we, we, we got started on this. And once again, you know, we're going to be back every week with an episode. We got about 10 of these. I have a feeling that might turn into more, who knows. It's Um, a fun topic. Yeah. And and I'm enjoying it already. And, you know, the next episode, you know, we wanted to just give you a basic overview. Um, We did kind of tease the next episode where we're going to go right into specifically NFT art. Uh, We're going to cover music, real estate we got it all what are we gonna cover farts and tacos because i didn't see those on the list but i'm gonna have to go google that i think we do tacos first which will probably result in farts especially uh, especially if it's taco bell yeah well i'll see you down the road then matt (laughs) see ya